and welcome to the latest episode of Devil in the Detail. We've got a lot to discuss, as always. We've got the Manchester City game and the fallout from that, with Oli currently, as it stands, not getting the sack. The players and the manager taking a holiday in this kind of crisis times. We've got how uh, how we're going to uh, Newcastle. Eddie Howe, I'm going to know why I called him Howie, but uh, Eddie Howe going to Newcastle was one of the potential uh, managers to uh, to take over the reins uh, at Old Trafford and an update on all the other the candidates as well. Um, we've got the internationals that are, that are coming up. Um, we're going to talk about the players that made their international teams um, and the players that didn't that were left behind and also uh, with a hyper focus on the England team. Are we happy with the team and the changes that we would make? So going straight into it, Dill, the mm -hmm. Manchester City game. Um, <laughs> absolutely, well, horrendous. Not as bad as the Liverpool result, but in terms no. of performance was, was pretty horrific. Mm -hmm. We were both there at the game. <sighs> Just horrendous, mate. Give, give us your thoughts on it. Yeah, the highlight of the day was getting a bit half-caught and having a few pints before the game, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, just another absolute shocker. And it it's depressing talking about it because you regurgitate it so many times to your mates, you know, on your TikTok page, on your podcast. And it's just been the same shit for weeks now. It's literally just going over the same things again. Um, set up back five looked okay. As I said to you in a pub before the game, I was a bit dubious as to Greenwood and Ronaldo starting up front together. Obviously, that didn't work, but I don't think, you know, we lost the game because those two started up front together. We've got much deeper issues than that. Um, but, yeah, it was just all so wrong again. Um, it was like we were just happy to sit in and get a point or maybe not lose 5-0 and lose 1-2-0, or 2 -0, like what happened. Um, no ambition at all. Weren't trying to get forward. And in ways, it was worse than a Liverpool game because at least against Liverpool, obviously, we were by far the second best team on the pitch that day, but... Um, Ronaldo had a goal ruled off for offside that I think was pretty much level and was unlucky Bruno should have scored at the beginning to open the scoring and Cavani hit the bar from a yard out so we actually had chances in that game whereas last Saturday I think we had one shot on target which was Ronaldo after about 20 minutes when we were 1-0 down I think and after that we had no touches in, I think we had four touches in the box all game obviously we've all seen the stat that um, David De Gea made more saves from his own players than United made City's keeper Edison make which is just yeah. abysmal um, and just funny to be honest you've got to laugh at it yeah, um, yeah. but yeah it, it was just poor everything about it was poor um, I don't really get what they were trying to do because against Spurs we played the five at the back but we were still pressing up high and getting up the pitch and moving high in different in different sections whereas against City we actually we did that against Atalanta as well but against City we just sat back and looked like we were just defending deep which against a team like that even if we're in our worst moment in a couple of years it's just shocking to show that lack of ambition for me um, players being lazy Wan-Bissaka not tracking back loads um, from the first goal as well I don't know if you've seen it replayed after the game but when um, Cancelo whips that cross in for bite it says a kick into his own net Bruno Fernandes is stood literally two or three yards short of him has about 10 seconds to press him and just doesn't Mm. Um, and I know obviously he's not a defensive midfielder but if you look at that City side all of the players work for the team we've said this before we said this last week after we beat Spurs that we were happy that we, they all worked together and it again just looked like they couldn't be arsed no one was helping each other out maybe when the players caught out of position they didn't think oh well I'll trap back and try and you know I, I want to stop us conceding the goal and then that second goal again no one pressed Cancelo for the cross which was just bizarre and then it went past Maguire Shaw just left it in the back stick and then 
I've no idea what De Gea was doing, but I suppose we can't, you know, give him shit too much because he saved us from losing four or five nil. To be fair, yeah. Um, but yeah, just another very depressing day to be United to be a United fan, and in many ways, to me, it was worse than the Liverpool result, just because. Again, City turned up and just utterly dominated us and people will say we should have had a go and stuff, but I think you can see on the day, even if we did push on in that second half a bit more, the team just didn't have enough to do anything to them. City were just so good and on a level above us in terms of personnel, style of play and being well drilled and that was the worst thing. Liverpool, I think, just played their own game. We let them play it and they got some lucky opportunities and pretty much scored every chance they had, a bit like Atalanta a couple of weeks ago. Um... But City literally just didn't even have to try. And that second half, when they were just passing it around, making it like a training session, was just so fucking sad because that wouldn't have happened last season. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and before I give my own own thoughts, I'll uh, I'll touch on a point that you made about, you know, the thing is with, with Bruno not tracking back in and just allowing the cross, you, you said that he's not a defensive uh, midfielder, but I mean that's all about that's effort, isn't it? That's yeah, not, that, yeah. nothing to do with you know he's he's missed time to tackle. That is literally that is effort. Mm-hmm. And when when your players aren't you know putting in the effort, and we we thought we'd like one passenger out of the team in terms of Paul Pogba was suspended. That's one passenger, and you think look at that midfield that that central midfield three and Fred McTominay and Bruno, and you think one thing that is there is effort. Yeah, but uh, so I mean that's disappointing to see, to to see that, um, mm-hmm. and uh, the thing I just found the most disappointing out the entire the, the entire game, and this has to be directed at Ollie, is okay. I can understand it nil nil being you know, sitting back and just try allowing them to have possession. But I mean, we were one nil down after like seven minutes. I can you can still get back into the game, I guess, by with that kind of style. If you nick a goal, like you say, mm-hmm. Ronaldo had a chance. But it two two nil down after the, in the second half. I don't care if we lose. Well, I do care, obviously, but I don't. I'd rather us lose three or four nil in or five even like the Liverpool result and actually press them, try and look like to. We, uh, to, like we want to win the ball back, like putting in effort. Yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather you know, because not only that, it would lift the crowd. If we had five minute period of trying to press them, winning, winning back the ball, like uh, high, high up the pitch, or even just the players putting in effort, like like Donny did that a little bit when he came on. I mean that got that got the biggest cheer of the match, didn't it? When yeah. Donny came yeah. came on and did like a little bit of a skill. Nearly gave the ball like, away as soon as he came on as well. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it it was just the you don't like to say lack of desire because they're all professionals. I'm sure they all did want to win, but it has to be aimed at, at Ollie, doesn't it? In the fact that we never changed the intensity of our game, just allowing them to have the ball even after 2-0 down in like after the 60 minute mark so you need to push on now it's all or nothing and yet mm-hmm. it seemed like it was damage limitation which it 2-0 you can get back into the game we've come back from back into the game we've we had a, that where city could have won it at old trafford when we when we won 3-2 um we came back into the game was it 3-2 yeah. or 2-1 yeah you're about the game against city yeah the game against city yeah uh, uh, what well, the etihad when small and scored uh, yeah, Small and Pogba, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Small got the winner. Was it the Etihad? Down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 2-0 down, 1-3-2. Yeah. 
I mean, so it can happen. <laughs> it can yeah. happen, but it was never going to happen with the way that with the, with the way that we kind of continued to play after after we went two goals down. So I mean, that was the the most disappointing thing. Even and like you like you said, even more disappointing than Liverpool because it, at least at Liverpool we we did create chances. Yes, the fans. I think maybe they wanted to avoid the fans leaving. I think the fans left at Liverpool because there was no chance of us getting back into the game when you when you're five nil down. Yeah. Um, but you know, even at two nil, you still got that false hope of the team actually ch- changing and trying to press. And because I mean, you can score two goals in in two or three minutes, easy. So I think mean, that's the reason why the fans stayed in the pitch. If that goes on to be three or four, that the fans are leaving like uh, around 60 yeah. minutes and, and, and rightly so um but yeah it was absolutely horrendous and yeah yeah and you my thoughts after that were you know there was rumors about him getting sat like given a, a three game three games to to kind of see where we're at after like after that um after that liverpool game wasn't there there was a spurs yeah. game the Atalanta game and um, the city game. and the City game. Yeah. So we've won. We've won that one. Uh, we, sorry, we won against Spurs, convincing. You know that's a tick in the box. We've played Atalanta. We got a draw that was, you know, <laughs> pretty well, lucky yeah, that draw. Wasn't good enough. Yeah. Yeah, and then obviously getting demolished much in in this in a similar fashion to uh, to Liverpool in terms of dominance. So mm-hmm. you know, what are your thoughts on? Like how right now have is Oli still in the job? It is uh, to 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 update everyone on the anyone watching uh, listening or watching now. It, we are at Wednesday evening currently. So I mean, if something's <clears> changed <throat> since then, then allow it us. It won't. It fucking won't. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think it will either. But no. but yeah, give us your thought. Like how how is Oli still in the job? I honestly do not know because as we said, it was heavily leaked in the media. It was given these three games to save his job. Um, we beat Spurs well, looked decent. Then against Atalanta, we were piss poor again and literally scraped the scrappiest draw I've seen this season. And then against City, we were turgid and just showed no fight again. So, in terms of results, it's not the worst because we've won one, drawn one, lost one against some very good sides. But the performances have just been shocking. The Atalanta result was not much better than the Atalanta performance. Sorry, was not much better than that City one. It's just that Atalanta are a bit worse and give us a bit more respect than City did, so we got a couple of chances. But it was a shocking all-round performance. And when when Ronaldo scored, I didn't even feel happy about it because it still felt like a defeat because of how poor we were. And maybe in the context of, like, maybe if that was last season and we were, we were doing well and flying, I would have celebrated. But because I'm so used to this shit now and us putting in bad performances and winning games, it just gets so old, or even drawing games. Um so, I don't know. Um, I think it just goes back to, as we spoke about last week or the week before, I can't really remember about, you know, Woodward and the Glazers and all that and how tied up in they are all together. It just goes back to that for me because it's just it's such bad mismanagement from the club to keep him in the job for now. I just I just don't understand it. And you've got pundits like Sue Ness and other people saying, how can you protest against the Glazers? He spent all this money. A lot of people outside of Man United and a lot of Man United fans actually don't understand the reasons that we don't want the Glazers in the club. Obviously, there's a lot more caveats to it than just the managerial situation right now. 
But stuff like this, where you're just accepting mediocrity, and it seems like they're only going to be willing to sack the manager if we get out of the top four race, and it's mathematically impossible. It's just so weird to me, because now the target is not top four. The players have all said, the managers said, and the club have said, Ed Woodward and people like that, and the Glazers, we're going to push for titles, we're going to push for trophies. So if yeah. we're a team that's meant to be competed in the, competing for the league, the Champions League, and all the Cups, then Ollie should be judged on that. For me, if we had a decent, if he stayed till the end of the season and we came fourth, I'd still sack it because it's not good enough. There's no progression yeah. there. You know, um, when Conte was at Chelsea, for example, he won the league one season. Next season, he came fifth. Fair enough, but they still won the FA Cup. Was sacked. Ancelotti won the league and the FA Cup. I think the next season he finished third. Was sacked. So we need to strive for that excellence because the only club that may be around this realm that hasn't had that kind of ruthlessness recently is Liverpool with Klopp. But that's because in the first couple of years they were building something. And I'm sure if we got to this stage and Klopp had only just got in top four, then he wouldn't have kept him in a job. You have to push on and show that you can take the team to the next level, which we spoke about so much with Oli. Um, but it should be judged accordingly on that. We should be judged on trying to win the league or at least challenge for the league and challenge for the Champions League and staying in the Cups with the amazing wealth of talent we have in the squad. And he's just not doing it. But again, it seems like the Glazers and Woodward have enabled Oli with a squad to challenge for the title, but ultimately aren't that bothered if we don't do it, which just makes no sense. Because for me, I get that they might only really be bothered about the Champions League money, but if you could sack the manager tomorrow and bring a manager in now, whoever it is, that's got us a chance of winning, winning the league and winning the Champions League, for example, or at least getting back into those title, the kind of title races, then why wouldn't you do it? Why wouldn't you take the risk? Because you know that Oli, the best he's going to do is get you the top four. So why not bring in a better manager that pretty much all but guarantees top four? And then if you win the league, you win the league anyway. Do you know what I mean? I don't really get yeah. why they'll just accept it because we haven't got top four yet. Because unless it's a money situation, but we know for all the Glazers' faults, they're not really that tight about spending money. And you have sack managers on big, long contracts before. Um, so I really don't get it. The only reason I could think of is either they're happy with us just scraping top four and they're going to sack him and that's not a possibility like we did with Moise and and Mourinho um, or it's because there's no managers available that they want yet and obviously we're going to get onto candidates at the minute but the names you see being passed around like Rogers etc are still in contracts and now might not be the best time to bring a manager in but as we'll get onto later on in the show in the podcast we'll discuss certain managers that are better for different situations at different times people that can be interim managers and so on so there's literally there isn't a reason for me other than possibly they don't want to spend the money to get him out of his contract as to why they don't want to sack him because how bad is it going to have to get I just... yeah can't it can't get much work. Well, it can. Well, it can. We it lose can. to we Watford. Could, we could lose. To, well, d- but this is the thing, though. We'll probably beat Watford, and then yeah. you know we'll draw against. We'll beat Young Boys in the Champions League. Oh, we've got Villarreal away next. We'll draw mm-hmm. to Villarreal away, and then maybe get a draw to Arsenal, and that'll probably keep him in his job again. And for for the past two or three years, when stuff like this has happened, the fans have put up with it. And after we've won a couple of games, then we'll be back on it again. We'll be back in Ollie again because we've all done it apart from a certain few. But it's just so beyond that point now where we could go on a three-game winning run and I would not give a shit anymore. He still has to go because we know Mm. this is going to keep happening. It's going to keep happening. It's going to keep... No matter what players he's got, no matter what squad he has, no matter what system or what coaches he has at the club, over three years, this has been a running theme which every other top club has not had. 
So we can't keep just letting it happen. And that's the issue now. The first few times, like, we'll back the manager, we'll back him. You know, we win a few games, we rise up again. Then fair enough, then that's all forgotten about. But it's happened so many times now that everyone's just sick of it. And it seems the only people that aren't sick of it are the people that fucking run the club and make a living from it. Yeah, they, I mean, like you say, there's clearly, there's a disparity between the standards of the fans and the standards of the board. The board are okay with top four. And the fans have been so realistic. Last season, nobody expected us to win the league. We yeah. were like, okay, you know, want to be improvement. That's why Oli, everyone's back to Oli until this season. We mm-hmm. haven't been anywhere really close to winning the title, even in the second place last last season. But we have shown improvement and fans have been happy yeah. with, with that. So the fans' expectations aren't like every single year we should be winning the league. However, with the signings that we have made in the in, in the summer and with the length of time Oli has had in the job until now, this was the make or break season. Yeah. Um and you know, we've we've took a step backwards. We've improved the squad massively and we've took a step backwards. So I mean that is un- unacceptable in itself. Regardless of when you're taking absolute batterings from our biggest rivals. Yeah. Um yeah, it's it's horrendous. And, and speaking of the board, it's what I just can't stand is so with all these with all the the protests that that, that did happen um, in the summer, they one of the changes that was made was you know oh we're gonna be we're gonna communicate a lot better we've we've set up this this monthly fan forum and and all this all this stuff. It's mm. but the lack of communication regarding. Ollie in like they haven't backed him. They haven't pub- made a public statement backing him. We're we're kind of in like purgatory at the minute. Like yeah. we're neither here or here nor there. It's like you haven't made a public statement backing him, and yet you you've like sent him on some this this holiday, which we are going to go on to. I'm not going to go on to now, but um, yeah, and, and it's it's doesn't doesn't make any sense. In the fans, everyone's confused. Nobody knows what the board wants. Everyone's just a, from past history in terms of sacking managers. Everyone, well, we kind of know where the standards of the board are, but they're not going to publicly come out and, and say that. Oh, they're not going to come out and say, oh, we're happy with top four because um, because it you know that's it gets us a decent amount of money. And yeah. We, like it, we, they're yeah, not, not going to say that. that. Yeah. yeah, so they're always going to say. I mean, even Arsenal, they even uh, the owners of Arsenal say, "Oh, we're going to be challenging for trophies," which you know, it's it's clearly it's, it's just, just empty to, words, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah and it's, it's so it's easy to nonsense. say. And then you could say, "Yeah, you're saying you're going to challenge." It doesn't mean you're going to win anything. So you could just say, "Oh, we tried." <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean? Yeah, it's different but, saying we, we're going to challenge and we're going to win. Yeah, but and, and as you said, even. If the standards are top four, we're not. Our form is not top four. We could easily not make it in the top four, especially with the, with the the kind of uprising of, of West Ham playing amazing. I mean, they beat Liverpool. Arsenal, yeah, yeah. Arsenal looking really good as well. Spurs have it's got not, Conte now. Exactly, Spurs yeah. got Conte. I think it will take some time for them, but still, I mean, it's, it's a dangerous. Five point gap after manager. eleven games. Yeah, it's it's horrendous, and we're we're. Nine points off top, but we're also nine points off the lowest relegation team as well. well yeah, well, I'm just looking now. We're only three points off Southampton in 13th. Yeah. So realistically, is... if we lost to Watford and other results kind of didn't go our way, we could easily end up being in the bottom 10. 
next yeah, week. Yeah, it, it is so condensed there. And just a, a, a couple of wins, two or three wins in a row, can put you, move you so much higher in the, in the, uh, up the table. And because we're still early on, and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the opposite of that, just a, a string of losses, which we've, we've pretty much experienced, um, can can lower you uh, in the in the table as well. So it's a very precarious position. Yeah. So we need to act now because if we wait, you know, kind of after the Watford, we get we get a win against Watford, scrape it, and the thing, okay, that's giving him another couple of games or whatever. You yeah. can't go on like a win and then two losses run because that's awful form. That is not top four form. So to to stick with the manager with with this current form is well even by their standards i think is is poor yeah we're well, talking about the form thing um just looking at the form table there's only one club that's got a worse form than us in the last five games that hasn't sacked the manager and that's brentford yeah aston villa sacked dean smith watford sacked cisco munoz newcastle sacked steve bruce norwich actually got a better record than us in the last five games and sacked daniel farker yeah. So and Watford, Watford are. Let's be honest. They are. Um, their their aim is to not get relegated. Yeah. Well, look at yeah. But just like you say, Norwich, Newcastle, and Watford have got a higher expectation of their yeah. manager than Manchester United. How yeah. ridiculous is that to say? The only team that hasn't sat the manager who's got worse form is Brentford, and that's because they've just come up and they're still four points clear of the relegation zone. They had a brilliant start to the season. Yeah. But yeah. When we're talking about newly promoted Premier League teams like Norwich. Who've got? Do you know? It's it's just mental. Obviously, Norwich clubs like Norwich and Watford have got less points than us over the course of the season, but they should anyway. But if Premier League Premier League candidates are sacking their managers over such a poor run of form, and we're keeping ours when we want to challenge for the league, it just says a lot. Yeah, it it is it is horrendous. And like I say, if they came out and said, it would be massive uproar. But if they came out and said, um. Okay, we're back in the manager up until Christmas or whatever after this difficult run because for whatever reason um, they don't want a new manager come in now. Yeah. Then at least we know where we stand. But to have this, to not, to have this. Okay, we're not, we're not backing in. We're not releasing a public statement. Uh, we're sending them on holiday. Like it, it's to have this. Like the fans don't know what's going on. When after the protest they said we're gonna increase the communication between you yes we understand all oh, we failed you in regards of communication in the past but now we're doing this fan forum we're going to increase the communication with with you and the fans mm. i mean it's just all absolute nonsense as soon as there's any some adver- uh, adversary they just go completely silent uh yet again and speak uh, I, this isn't in the the things to talk about but I, i'll bring it in um on saturday there is a Protest. Oh, don't start with that shit, man. Just e-reds on Twitter that have never been all Trafford in their life. Yeah, so first of all... Back. Yeah, go on. Explain. Do you think this is going to happen? And also, yeah. it's kind of turned in... There's a lot of people that <clears> are kind of... They don't know what it's about because it's kind of... It's a, a glazes out protest... But there's also people that are trying to make it like an Ollie well, out to, protest. To be which... fair, on, on the graphic I've seen, it says hashtag lasers out, hashtag Ollie out. Oh, okay. That's in which. It, well, should you say your opinion on it first, and then I'll. Uh, yeah, I, I'll I think it's it. absolute rubbish. I get, I get protesting against the glazers, but this this whole thing 
it's just coming from the manager not being sacked. It's not about the the wider problem with the Glazers, which is what the people on Twitter and the people that say they go into this, which have never been to Manchester in their lives, don't get. Which is why I'm not trying to say Manchester United fans that go to the games are better fans, but I think fans that are from Manchester and have a better understanding of the club know a bit, understand why we should protest compared to like people on Twitter that live in America that are sharing shit like this. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't want to offend people. I'm not saying if you're not a fan, if you're not from Manchester, because I'm not. But I'm just saying, obviously, it's just a few 16-year-olds, probably not even that old on Twitter, that are throwing their toys out the pram because we're not sacking a manager yet. Which, as much as I want Ollie to go, I'm not going to a fucking protest to get him out. We're not Arsenal. Do you know what I mean? That's not what we do. That's out of order. Um, you know, say what you like online about him. You know, reply to United tweets as long as it's not overtly offensive. That's fine. But mm-hmm. we're not going to a protest to get our manager sacked because we've had a bad start to the season. I know it's horrendous, but it's not like we're in the relegation places. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it's just bullshit. I think the majority of the big football Twitter accounts that have shared it obviously aren't going to go. I've seen. Um, I'm not. Have you heard of United Trey before? No. Nope. All right. It's it's a big weird account on football twitter that has Martial as his picture he's got like 50,000 followers anyway he's probably one of the biggest accounts that shared this and someone said are you going mate he said nah bro can't make it unfortunately but he's, they're all sharing tweets saying we all have to go to this we all have to unite and speak up against the club so for that reason given that most people that share it don't even go to United games I can't see them go into a protest um, Yeah. so I think it's just a it's just a load of shit. Um, obviously, it's only coming up now because they're throwing the toys out of the pram because of the Ollie situation. Um, they haven't done this for the past five, six, seven years when the club's been miserably failing. I guarantee none of them were there at the protest at the Liverpool game or the one before that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's not going to happen. But I will look forward to the pictures on Twitter that come out on Saturday afternoon when you see about two people there with some golden green scarves. That'll be funny. I almost want to go just to see no one be there or like two people turn up yeah yeah i think it, an embarrassing turnout uh, turnout is is a lot more embarrassing than just not doing it isn't it yeah um yes we get yeah. laughed at by people sorry ju- this is why people laugh at us because like we, we had the protesting to glazers with the super league and other stuff about around that and woodward and whatnot but it just looks so childish and forced and weird when we're protesting because we've got a, we've got bad form in the league do you know what i mean yeah. Because people always say, oh, you'll do your protest, you'll sign a few players, and then United fans will forget about it again. And they do. A lot. I don't, yeah. but a lot of United fans on Twitter do. Because as soon as we sign Sancho, Ronaldo, Varane, they're all creaming in their pants again. But then as soon as we're not winning shit or top of the league, they're throwing the toys out the pram. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not because of the reasons that that people know why we want the Glazers out. It's purely because we're not doing well in the Premier League, which is just madness. It's not a reason to have a protest. Yeah, so I mean, you've talked about the kind of the credibility of it. I'm going to yeah. talk about it from like a different perspective, and that is okay. actually having an Ollie like a, a protest that's aimed at getting Ollie uh, out. I just think is m- massively disrespectful for what he's done um, for the yeah. club. I understand your opinions and stuff like that, but there are ways to voice your opinion without having a, a march against it like if even on the it, even in the in the stadium let's let's talk about the you know the match growing crowd in the stadium this way mm-hmm. to voice that you know without chanting ollie out um this way to voice it this like chanting like attack 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 when we were sitting back i mean that's kind of undermining the manager in a way but it's not personally insulting him 
Like, it, for yeah. example, there wasn't any chance of attack, attack, attack. But, you know, I, I thought that after. I thought, um, you know, that would that could have been a way to show, like, fans to show, like, their discontent. Um, it, the, the, the way that we were playing because we literally weren't attacking, we weren't pressing or anything. So... There's, I mean, there was like the cheering of the substitute, or like ironic cheers as, as Donny's, you know, warming up and comes on. I mean, that's kind of undermining him uh, a bit without being like offensive and actually yeah, directing him I, I think it really him. was. There were sarcastic cheers, weren't there? Yeah, exactly. And there's, there's obviously, you've seen the walkout uh, in the Liverpool game. These are all ways that you can, sh- that you can show the... the People higher up and there's pictures and it, it, the media report it and it's showing that the fans are not happy that is not directly insulting a, a, a legend of the club. So yeah. I, I, I've, I have a bad feeling about going... And that's that's the thing with, with the protest. If this was a, a, a legitimate, organised protest that I had a strong feeling about, like with the uh, Glazers out, because uh, I went to... the the protest the yeah. one before the Liverpool one that was really big and it was good um, but you know if I if I, if I felt you know passionate about it to kind of tie that in with Ollie out that would just completely stop stop me from going because um, <clears throat> it, it should just be directed towards the owners <clears throat> and the board the responsibility is with the the uh, the board to sack him not of Ollie just Resigning, so it's 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 almost not up to him anyway. It's more of a failing at this point. We know Ollie's not good enough, so for me, it's more of a failing with the board than uh, yeah than, than, Ollie. than Ollie himself. Um, I don't blame him for not resigning. By the way, I don't oh, care. Yeah. I'm, I love Man United, but if they wanted to sack me and pay me fifteen million quid and I'd be set for a few years, I'd fucking take it. I'd win. Yeah, exactly. Anyone really would. It's, it's a job. Yeah. It's a job. It's yeah. Like, uh, you, yeah, you you can love United, but at the end of the day, this is. This is an entertainment sport. Everyone's just just doing yeah. their job and because like they you, get paid a lot. And like you said in previous podcasts, the, if he resigns, it's just such a big admission of defeat for him. Yeah, which must yeah. be so hard to take. So he's going to keep telling himself he can turn it around, as most human beings would. So, yeah. And with the protest thing, I think the time to do a protest is when the Liverpool game was on, so the cameras see it. It gets a game called off, and it impacts the world, and it's on the news. And do you know what I mean? It impacts mm-hmm. people that can't watch it. And that'll affect the Glazers and Woodward in the club. But just doing it on a random Saturday is just weird. And like you said, yeah. maybe booing or chanting at the game isn't the nicest thing to do, and it's a bit, it's a bit like, it's a bit harsh. But it, it's on TV; people can see it. The manager can see it. Ed Woodward of the game can see it. The, the players can see it. So that actually has an impact. Or just turning up on a random Saturday when United aren't playing and just doing it. The only place you're going to see that is on Twitter. You know, when United did called off the Liverpool game, it was on worldwide news for days. Yeah. So if we want to protest about the Glazers for the right reasons, do it when it's going to impact the club. Because the only thing that's going to affect them is the linings of the pockets. We know that already. Yeah. And it mm. is so... It's if, if this kind of goes ahead, we are exactly what... Like you said, we are exactly what, Pe- what people rival say fans are. say yeah. we are. Yeah, exactly. As soon as things go bad, we 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 uh, then that's when we protest if 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 the results aren't good enough when it shouldn't yeah. be about that whatsoever. Um, but yeah, uh, so I mean, let's talk about another decision that has been I think made by possibly the board. I can't imagine Ollie himself would have wanted to make this decision, but you know who knows. And that is the the both the players and. 
the the players that are not on taking part in international duty and the manager himself and the management team um, taking a, a holiday. <laughs> so yeah. we've seen um, uh, Ollie going back to Norway, and you know, uh, well, I don't know where all the other players are going, but yeah, they're taking a holiday, so they're not currently training. And they're having a nice little well-earned rest. Yeah, got a week off, haven't they? I mean, if yeah, if I turn up to work and fucking shit up the walls and set it on fire, then I'm not getting a week off. I'll be getting fucking tattooed to come in and clean my mess up. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's fucking it's it's astounding, man. Um, obviously, we spoke about this on WhatsApp and shit, and you've you've kind of clinged on to the bit of hope that oh, maybe it's because we're going to sack him and get someone in, and we don't want him to be there, but. In my view, if they were looking at sacking him, no club sends a manager on a holiday. People just go behind the, they'll just go behind his back and get a replacement sorted first and everything but the contract done. Um, so obviously it's Wednesday now, the game is on Saturday, so he's not getting sacked before the Watford game, unless for some reason Brendan Rodgers resigns at Leicester and an opportunity presents itself or someone else resigns at another club or whatever. Um, but, but we've got the England, so it's next Saturday. Yeah, do you mean the next United game? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, whenever. I mean, I don't give a shit, to be honest, when the next United game is at the minute. Um, no, I thought you were saying it was this Saturday. That's. I uh, probably was. I mean, it could be yeah. It could be, <laughs> It could could be. be this Saturday coming in next year. At the moment, I really wouldn't care. Um, yeah. But, yeah, uh, I just don't get it. The The team's been a shambles, um, as we spoke about as well. I think only seven of our 26, 27-man squad has actually gone away in international duty because we've got a couple of injuries. Sancho's not been called up to the squad. Rashford's pulled out, but he is fit. He just doesn't want to get injured straight away again because I think he prioritises United, which he should. They're, they're, that's who employs him. Greenwood hasn't gone, as we know. Um, Varane's just probably coming back from injury in a couple of weeks. Um, Wan-Bissaka didn't go. I'm not sure about Fred. Um, so there's so many players in this squad, Martial, Lingard, people like that, that play every week or at least come off the bench. Why not just sit them down and think of this game plan that you want to play if it is a 5-3-2, 5-2-1-2, whatever. Drill them like fucking it and get them working and play themselves into some form in training. Yeah. I just don't see why giving them a week off is for the greater good. I'm guessing the thinking is, oh, we'll give them a week off, maybe it'll sort their heads out. It won't. It won't. A week off isn't going to make them want to back the manager more. They're going to have to see stuff. They're going to have to see the things in training, see how he's running the club and how he's setting them up and the tactics he's using for games. Just sending them off for a week and putting it in the back of their mind and everyone burying, burying their heads in the sand isn't going to work. So if we go to Watford and put in a poor performance and draw or lose, then it's just going to be back to that again. So, you know, but sending them away for a week's holiday isn't going to change the situation. It's just going to make them forget about it for a week and as soon as they come back, they'll be back where they were before. Um, so I don't know who's decided it. I'm sure so it's, I'm sure it's probably Solskjaer and his staff's idea, but obviously it'll have to be signed off by Woodward and the Glazers and whatnot. But it's just a shocker for me. It just it makes zero sense at a time like this. Yeah, I, I agree. And you know, the more people, even if they're not, you know, in the starting eleven week in week out, the more people that understand the system. I don't know what the system is, but the system that Oli say the the five back, if that is the new United way, but who knows after the City result. Yeah. Um, uh, to, the more players that understand the system, the players that are international duty coming back in, the, those players are going to help them to to understand it because they've been training with it. And you know, yeah, exactly. it, it, it reminds me of like say when Liverpool play in like the Carabao Cup, they've got a completely different eleven, and yet they're still playing the the Liverpool way. It's mm-hmm. like yeah. City the same. Yeah, yeah, exactly the same. And that's because the style of play that Man City 
uh, in Liverpool want to play is ingrained in those players. Even the reserves, it's ingrained in them. So yeah. it's like, so you know, working with these players, it's it's only going to be beneficial. I mean, the worst thing to do during this time of crisis, where it looks like we we don't know what we're doing when we've just changed to a back five in yeah. like the last three games. The worst thing to do in this situation is to send some everyone on holiday, yeah. and yet that's that is exactly what we've done. Um, so I mean, like like you said, I mean, I, I I thought that potentially, but as the days draw on and more stuff comes out, um, I did initially think that you know I think in, maybe they just want him out of the way while <laughs> whilst uh, they search for like a, a new manager. And I think the reason why that the he hasn't got I'm not saying I believe this now, but this is my when I first heard about it. I think on Monday, mm-hmm. um, that the you know they wanted him out of the way and they were searching for a new manager. And if they it, when they got a manager that they would sack him, but they can't public publicly you know um, well they can't they can't sack him now in case that they don't get a manager in and he has to kind of take take the squad again but like mm. you said i mean ollie's he's not it's not going to be that that i could understand if it was like a, this massive bust up and they're like oh just you know go away you know could take holiday whatever let's just i, I just get out of my sight that's what edward, does, edward yeah. says but with ollie you know that's not the case because he's wants the, the the best for the club i imagine is he's good mates with with ed and that's probably why he's not been sacked either yeah um like i'm sure there's not been like this this massive bust up so, you know, it is it's baffling, isn't it? Yeah, baffling, and that's it, it. Just highlights the problem with the not just the first team and, and above that. And do you think this would be the board's decision, or do, do you think this is Ollie's decision? I know it's I think, difficult to say, isn't it? But I, I reckon it's probably Ollie and the staff's idea, and the board have signed off on it. To be honest, yeah, because as, as I've said, I don't think it's because Ollie's getting sacked. Um, so surely it's Ollie's decision. Yeah, and and it's just the lack of planning is is the crazy thought. Like we should. Oli is not a manager that has the same job security at the start of the season as Klopp did, as you know, uh, as Pep does. Yeah, like we should have had a plan if Oli had a run string of results like this. It should mm. have already been in place. And yeah. we should we should have just been able to act, but it seems like we're so reactive and we're not like proactive. We're not, yeah, we're not proactive to things, and that mm-hmm. again, it's just that highlights the the incompetence of of uh, of the board. Yeah, because every um, club is proactive yeah. at this level. Um, I mean, like for example, I think Villa have obviously sacked Dean Smith. Yeah, Stephen Gerrard's already. Um, yeah, I don't already think they had him lined up as such, but. Yeah, well, I I don't know. It's difficult to it's difficult to say. I don't know whether they would sack Dean Smith without even having, you know, contacting Stephen Gerrard and saying, you know, would would you take yeah, it to some like verbal yeah verbal thing? Because maybe. Mean, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's just a lack of planning. It's just just so frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about a manager that has been appointed. We, we we referred we have talked about Newcastle on a in a previous uh, podcast kind of what summer signing it was a question from one of the 
the the viewers that what would be their signings. But they have a manager to kind of give them direction now. They yeah. currently <clears throat> sit in nineteenth, just um, on level points with with Norwich on five points. So there are big changes that need to be made. Yeah. But um, they do have the money now. Um, but yeah, Eddie Howe is the new Newcastle uh, manager. What do you yes. think to that appointment? And do you think he can guide them to, first of all, stay up? Mm -hmm. And second of all, further on from that, do you think yeah. he is a, a wise decision to, to give such a significant amount of money to? Um, I do think it's a decent appointment. I think, obviously, they could have got someone better in. Emery's, obviously was the other candidate who that's just weird to me because there's such different kinds of managers um, and we could get on to well I'll mention it in a minute actually but in terms of Eddie Howe coming in I think it's a, a good decent appointment people are saying he's not you know he's not great at keeping clubs up and he's not a solid manager but you don't need to have Sam Allardyce or you know Rory Hodgson and play shit boring defensive football to keep a team in the Premier League Um he plays good football, good attacking football. He, you know, he seems to unite the fans at Brentford. Kept Brentford up for a good few years. Who, probably one of the smaller teams in the Championship, never mind the Premier League, had no budget, really small ground, um, and improved a lot of players. And those players that he's bought through League One, League League Two, League One Championship, and became established Premier League players like Matt Ritchie, you know, Callum Wilson as well, people like that. Mm -hmm. um, so. I think he's a good manager. I think he probably will keep them up. Um, in terms of, and I, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but in terms of in a couple of years' time, if they're, if they're trying to establish themselves as, say, Europa League team, I'm not too sure because he's never had that opportunity before. But we can't say he can't do it because at, at Bournemouth, obviously, it wasn't he wasn't given the, the money and the opportunity to do something like that and take a club that far. They were just a club a bit like in Norwich that are very happy to spend within the means and just stay afloat if they can. Um so we can't rule him out and say he's not going to be able to do that. Obviously, it'll be a challenge for him to see if he can elevate himself to that level. Um, but I think it's a decent appointment for now, and I think he will keep them up. Um, the only other thing I've got to say on the matter is, I think they really should have got a director of football first. I know they were looking at Marco Hamas, and he chose to stay at Ajax, and to be honest, I don't blame him. Um, but in my opinion, they should have got a director of football or sporting director in that has a vision for the club, that they were convinced, the owners were convinced by, appoint him or her... And then appoint a manager that lines up with their ideology of playing football and their plans and what they want to do at the club. Um, because obviously they're going to have to have probably Eddie Howe, then they might have to get another manager in, then another manager in. And I think having a constant sporting director that knows where they want to take the club would have worked. Um, obviously they could still do that and bring one in, but you've already brought a manager in now. So you get, that's the issue with United, with getting trying to apparently get a sporting director. I don't know if they actually want to. Um, but... You could do a sporting director before the manager because they should make that decision about who the manager is. So to bring a manager in and then get a sporting director that maybe doesn't agree with who they want to sign or their style of play or where they want to take the club, it'll be a huge issue. And I think with the lack of experience their owners have, they're going to need a sporting director or someone to lead the club above Eddie Howe because he's more of a head coach. He's not a Wenger or a Ferguson or someone like that who takes on everything at the club. So, um, But yeah, so to summarise, it is a good appointment, but... I do think they could have done it better and I think they really should have got a sporting director or a director of football in first that could outline their their vision for the club because I think it's going to be very wishy-washy and their owners don't know anything about football really or about how to run a club. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes, but I do think it'll keep them up. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I think it's a it is a good appointment, and like you said, he's not gonna he's not gonna take them to the very top. But for right now, and where Newcastle are, I think it is a, a good appointment, and you're probably gonna see before Newcastle do start to become a, you know breaking into that top four, you're probably gonna see two or three managers. But uh, yeah, he could he could do though. We never know. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like he's never had the chance to spend a lot of money and have a quality squad so he could actually be able to raise it. Like, there's, there's managers before that have, you know, everyone has to start somewhere. Not everyone's as yeah. lucky as Ollie and gets a, a job straight away. Mm-hmm. Look at, like, Klopp's career arc where he was at Mines and stuff first and then he's elevated them, gone to Dortmund, elevated them, gone to Liverpool, elevated them. So he could be a yeah. top-top manager and everyone has to prove themselves. Like, there's obviously exceptions like um, Ollie and Pep, but a lot of the managers we see nowadays, like Tuchel and um, Klopp and... Conte managers like that had to work their way up the ladder. Yeah, but they, I mean, they've worked their way up the ladder through different clubs. He's gone from Bournemouth to Newcastle. Like that's not really working your way up. That's no, no, I know, but I mean, like he could go from Newcastle, take them a top seven, then got a top four job. It's something you don't really see mm-hmm. in England, is it? Like if you look at Klopp, he went from Mainz to Dortmund. Can you imagine? I don't know if we look at the Premier League table now. Could you imagine? Um, you know, Liverpool taking on someone like Ralph, Ralph Hasenhutl or someone like that. It just doesn't happen in England, does it? Because English yeah. clubs, English clubs always think they're the best and have to have the best all the time. I mean, Poch, um, Southampton to Spurs. Yeah, I mean that's the only notable one I can think of, and obviously Nuno. But I think that was a bit different and wasn't really yeah. that kind of thing. But you, you, you generally get what I'm saying. You, you rarely yeah. see a manager in England work their way up the league. You have to either have to achieve something else in another country to earn the job. Mm-hmm. Or you have to be kind of within the club, like Arteta or Oli or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah. That's why there's there's no top English managers because I know people say it a lot, but they don't get given chances. Whereas if you look at Conte, I think he managed likes of Pisa and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think Tuchel was at Mainz, Klopp was at Mainz before they got the Dortmund jobs. Um, so yeah, it's very different abroad, and they they like to. A lot of if you look at the Italian league, I mean the managers always go around around the league, if you know what I mean. Like Inter's manager, I think, was at Fiorentina and stuff like that, and AC Milan's manager was at somewhere else. Yeah. Um. So it could happen, and I, I mean I hope it does because there's not there's not been a when's the last world class English manager? Has there ever been one? Mm. I can't think of one off the top of my head. Exactly. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe Eddie Howe can can do that. Like you say, I think like top kind of six teams are very risk adverse, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, they like to go for ones that managers. Well, apart from if the Oli situation, um, they they go yeah for managers that have already have a proven track record. Um, but yeah, Eddie Howe could could be that man. I yeah. would I would love it if Newcastle went down. Just <laughs> it would just be hilarious, wouldn't it? Um even though I do like Eddie Howe to be fair. I do yeah. like him. I'd like what he's done at Bournemouth, but you know, just to see them it, it's gonna be interesting to see how much money he gets given in January. They've obviously they've the I mean, I say that they have without a win in the Premier League, but I guess you can say it's an upturn in form, sort of. You know, mm. two draws from the last three matches. I mean it's not. It's still not great, but um, uh, but you know, this it, it's better than beforehand under under Street Bruce. Obviously, it, it's even more worrying with the teams around them getting uh, picking up good results. I mean, Burnley just in front of them, 
have had the draw win draw. So that's mm. very that's a decent form. Norwich obviously yeah. will win as well. Mm. Um so they it, they could they could get um they could easily go down. Uh, even Villa in a in a relegation scrap. Uh, yeah. really it, with 10 points but you think with their squad they'll they'll go up. Mm. Um but yeah, Newcastle with their squad currently I think they are going to be there or thereabouts a relegation uh, zone, depending on what happens in in January. I mean, with mm. the current squad they had, they are going to be there or thereabouts. But yeah, um, would I, in kind of looking at Eddie Howe, am I disappointed that he's got his the Newcastle John because I wanted him to be the United coach? Um, yeah, he was no, never I'd, really a candidate, was he? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not bothered about that. But I think it is he is a a good appointment for for Newcastle. Yeah, uh, and you know, speaking of other appointments um now talking about the Manchester United job yes Oli is still at the wheel for now but uh, you, it's you've got the feeling it's a, it's a matter of time well yeah. at least it, among the fans it's time's up really <laughs> but um, uh so other other candidates for Manchester United there's some that have kind of since the last time we had the podcast we had Conte um that that we we thought but obviously he's gone to Spurs yeah. and obviously had Zidane which this that is Dead silent, so I think we can even discount him. Mm-hmm. I don't think he what he wants the job. Um, I, I, Ten Hag, now I I I think that'd be one for the end of the season if it's ever going to happen. Yeah, and um, Brendan Rodgers is the the bookies' favourite, so let's yeah. spend a little bit of time um, on on Brendan Rodgers. He's the bookies' yeah. favourite. I have the the belief, and I think it's maybe been been leaked into the media that he again would want it at the end of the season. So yeah, give me your thoughts on uh, on, on good old Brendan, and um, uh, yeah, do you think he's the right man for the job? Um, no, no, but um, it's better than what we've got, isn't it? Um, obviously, if I had my way, I'd have Ten Hag or Luis Enrique because I like the football they play and think they have a good philosophy and idea of football. But yeah, um, Rogers isn't the worst appointment in the world. It's not going to excite me that much. But again, with Conte, I didn't want him. And then when he was getting linked more, I kind of brought myself around to the idea just because of how desperate I was for a change and to see us do better. Um, so he's managed a top club in Liverpool, which is weird to say. But, you know, he's not scouts, is he? And so if someone said, would you take Klopp? You'd say, yeah, wouldn't you? Yeah. Exactly. So I know it's not the same, but... You know, if someone said you want Mo Salah tomorrow, I'd say yeah because he's fucking brilliant. I don't care if he's mm. played for Liverpool. It's only bad if it's the other way round and, and a United manager or player went to Liverpool. Do you know I what I mean? If you get sacked from Liverpool, I think that's the thing, isn't it? Uh, yeah, um, but it was what was it like? Fucking eight years ago now. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like it was last week and we're taking up their dirt, their, their fucking rubbish like we did with Mourinho when he got our job after being sacked by Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I, I, uh, that wouldn't personally bother me. Um, I think, in terms of the man he is, he's obviously a, a, a nice bloke, but he is a bit boring. Um, I thought Ollie was boring at the start, but he has got a bit more fire. Is he got used to the job? Whereas Brendan Rodgers is a very kind of monotonous fucking, but just a bit of a boring guy. He doesn't excite me. Do you know what I mean? None of his press conferences are ever great, and that's the only chance fans get to connect with their manager or see what they're actually like, really. Um, but in terms of the credentials, I mean, he was with Liverpool and he was um, a Stevie G, Slippy G um, instance away from winning the title. Um, the you know that team wasn't the best team ever. Obviously, he had Suarez, Sturridge, Sterling, and Sturridge in a great great moment in their careers, but it wasn't the best team ever by any means. 
Um, and I don't think, looking back in hindsight, that team probably should never have won a Premier League or even competed for one. Um, then he went to Celtic, did his thing there. Fair enough, I'm not going to comment too much on that because I think most people five years ago could have won the league with Celtic. Um, yeah. And then obviously at Leicester, he's massively improved them. They were languishing kind of mid-table to relegation places under Claude Powell a few years ago. He's come in, spent a decent amount of money, but not too much, not been given a top four budget by any means. And got them close to the Champions League every year and got them winning the FA Cup. They're doing well in the Europa League at the minute. Um, so, yeah, the only concern I would have is that he's, people will call him a bit of a serial bottler and he does seem like it. Um, yeah. There's you know, a lot but, of nearlies in that. Yeah. He uh, obviously, almost won it. Obviously, almost got top four. Yeah. yeah, obviously. But I think 99% or 90% of that comes down to the player's mentality as well. Do you not think? Because he can't, yeah, yeah. He, can, he can obviously try and influence the players and how they believe in themselves, but he, at the end of the day, he can never really get into their heads and switch it. If you look at that Liverpool squad, it had no winners in the team, did it? They had no league-winning mm-hmm. experience, other than maybe Suarez at Ajax. Um, yeah. So, you know, Steven Gerrard, for how decorated and great he was in terms of European and cup competitions, he'd never won a league or knew what it was like to really get that. I know they challenged at times, but they were never really a game away from winning the league that I can remember mm-hmm. in, you know, when we were growing up. Um, so you could argue that and then again the Leicester players a lot of that squad that Brendan Rodgers inherited and has used over the past couple of years weren't the squad that won the Premier League obviously a lot of those players have retired and you know were kind of one season wonders in a way Um, like Hoof and Morgan and stuff obviously weren't really good enough when it got to the Champions League and stuff like that and a lot of players left as well like Mahrez and Kante Um, so they weren't experienced winners and they won't have been used to trying to battle for top four and having that pressure on them in their careers at any point before. So yeah. um, I think there is obviously, that is the main concern of mine is that he's bottled things at the last hurdle, but so is Ollie, and Brendan Rodgers is a better manager than Ollie. let's be honest. He has a better style of play. His teams can control games and control possession, can counter-attack as well. He can set his teams up for different occasions as we saw in the FA Cup final. Um, so... Yeah, I, I think he's obviously he's not going to excite me because when his other managers being back, being thrown around like Ten Hag and Rike, um, Conte a few weeks ago, obviously their managers are going to excite excite you a bit more, and Rogers doesn't really just because it's not a trendy appointment. But as I said, sometimes British and English managers have to be given a chance to try and prove themselves, um, and I wouldn't be massively against the idea. And to be honest, I'd rather have him than Zidane. To be fair. That's Obviously, you're going to you're going to disagree with that because you you like Zidane, but I j- yeah. just something about Zidane just doesn't sit with me. I just I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just really don't. Yeah, want I was going to say I was I was going to ask you to. Yeah, I, I just don't know what it is, man. I really just don't know. I don't know, but I just don't like Zidane. I just I'm not enamoured by that at all. I'd rather get someone different. Um, so yeah, I think there's better options out there, but. To be fair, if the club have a vision of what they can achieve with Rodgers and want to have a clear philosophy of how they're going to appoint a manager and aren't just going for the best option on the table like we did with Mourinho and like we have with a lot of the players we've signed, then I think that's a good thing. Yeah, let's shows be a real bit though. Of planning. They well, haven't. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I mean, you can argue that and that's fair enough because, you know, the proof's in the pudding recently, but um, there's obviously cheaper options out there. Like, I think Ten Hag would probably be cheaper to buy out of his contract at Ajax than Rodgers would at Leicester. Because he's very mm. important to Leicester. Conte was around for free. Zidane's free. So there is a lot of managers that could get in for a cheaper thing and that are much easier to get. 
Because as we've seen before, Spurs have come in for Rodgers and clubs like that. And if he's not convinced by the project, he'd rather stay at Leicester. So he's not the type of manager to just take any job that's thrown at him for a bit more money. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't be massively excited by the idea, but I'd, I'd be open to it. And I'm not going to, you know, start chanting Brendan out if we lose the first two games or something like Everton are doing at the minute with Rafa. Mm. So, and... I know, I know. I haven't given my thoughts yet, but um, so the one thing that's been said about kind of why we didn't go for Conte, why we're not going for Zidane, is because they wouldn't be yes men. Um, what are your kind of thoughts on that? And do you think Brendan Rodgers would fit into that category, like the highest profile manager that we'd probably get, but they're still going to be, you know, under the under the foot of the the Glazers? So I guess any manager is, uh, yeah, uh, with them being the owners. But I mean. He he would probably demand less control, uh, and may even expose just the how awful uh, awful of a club United is is ran. So yeah, what yeah. what are your thoughts on us not going for those type of big names like is Zidane or Conte just because the club are worried that they're they're not yes men? I wouldn't say that Zidane's not a yes man. I'd say he, he is, to be honest. Would you not? I mean, he wanted Bale out for two or three seasons. Madrid refused to sell him a lot of the time, and he was forced to play him. Stuff like that. Yeah. So, and, and I think, but I also think with with the, with the Zidane argument, it's hard to say he's not a yes man or he is, because how do how do we really know? We're not really massively into what the politics were at Real Madrid when he was there. And obviously they were winning things, so it's obviously you're not really going to be bothered about what's going on around the club if you're winning the Champions League. It just go like just goes to show the United fans when we're doing well, people forget about the Glazers. When we're doing bad, you forget. Um, only you remember. So I don't yeah. know. I couldn't possibly say that Zidane was or wasn't a yes man. I've never really heard him speak out against the board or seen any clips or articles online about him. And he's not a very fiery character. He's very boring and placid in interviews. Um, so yeah, obviously Conte isn't a yes man. Mourinho wasn't a yes man, but he came to United and for the first year he was a yes man. So it was only yeah. only t- it took United being absolutely god awful and him not getting the players that he wanted for him to come and speak out. And by the time he did that, his time at the club was done anyway. Yeah. Um, Although so... I would say that 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 was after we came second, right? In the in the pre season, he was already showing his discontent after. Yeah, uh, but I mean, we spent. I mean, we spent the same similar amounts of money for every window he was there. I mean, the window mm. before he got sat, we still spent money. It was just because we didn't sign Maguire. I'm sure yeah. there's, man- there's players that managers miss out on that they really want every season. Look at Sancho. Like, if you if you if you're liking it, for example, Sancho with Oli, um, we didn't get Sancho straight away. Oli didn't speak out of it on it, which makes him a bit of a yes man. Maguire didn't. Mourinho didn't get Maguire, and he did, but. That was one of the, the only times he really spoke out was when it was coming to the end. When we were just doing okay and finishing sixth and second, he never really said much. And he had, I yeah. think, this quote to him before saying that the, the Glazers are great for the club and he has a great relationship with Woodward and is is great. Um, so I think at the end of the day, like, are you going to go to your bosses at work and tell them that you think they're a cunt? Yeah, you're not, are you? Do you know well, what I mean? No, and I wouldn't not, do this. Yeah. I'm not saying you do, and I'm not saying I do, but you know what I mean? Because you you. You'd lose your job and it'd make your working relationship and working time horrible. So yeah. if you know yeah. that ultimately you've got no control over it, what's the point of getting wound up in it? You might as well accept what you've got and work with it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he is a yes man. I don't know why people are saying that. I think it's just because he's a bit more of a quiet guy, but that doesn't mean he's a yes man. 
he's not he's you know he, he it seems like he gets what he wants at every club and as I said I think it's very difficult to comment on the situation of saying that Zidane is or isn't and that Rodgers is because none of us know what's going on at Leicester yeah. we don't know if their fans are unhappy that they didn't sign someone in the summer because we're not Leicester fans and they're not a massive yeah. entity where you're going to see it trending on Twitter if Rodgers says something sometimes so and at Madrid it is very difficult not to be happy <laughs> like yeah exactly ev- almost it feels like every player in the world wants to play for you you keep signing Galacticos years. Yeah, and you've year got Ronaldo, Varane, Ramos, you know, we had Bale, Benzema in his prime, yeah. Casemiro, Cruz, Modric, Marcelo in his prime, Mendy, Carvajal, Courtois. You're going to struggle to say you're upset you've not got that player when you've probably got the best starting <laughs> 11 in the world. Do you know what I mean? Because you don't really have yeah. a leg to stand on. Um, yeah. Like, so he's, go on. He's in the realm of un- unknown, isn't he? Conte, you can say, was, was not trying to get him, but I think it was out of hope that Oli... Yeah, I don't think we didn't get Conte because he's not a yes man. Mm. I think the main reason he didn't go for Conte is because, rightly or wrongly, to see him as a short-term fix and they've still got this you know, ide- ideology that they want to get a manager in for 20 years, which isn't just isn't going to happen. We spoke about that before and I've ranted about that kind of yeah. topic and way of thinking before. But I think that was the main reason. I don't think it's because he wasn't a yes. He, he wasn't a yes man. I think it's because he's quite a brash, abrasive character, and that's probably not what the squad needs. Because look how it went with Mourinho. Yeah, and it's a lot of the similar, the same players. Still, yeah, I, I'd agree. And for me, and going back to Rogers, uh, my thoughts, my thoughts on Rogers are. I don't know. Like you say, it it, it doesn't excite me at all. He no. is he is a serial bottle jobber, isn't he? I mean, I, yeah, well, okay, is he though? Because he won the FA Cup last season. That is that's his like his 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 break of that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, beating beating uh, Chelsea wasn't it in the final? That's that's huge. Yeah. That, that went on to win the Champions League. Obviously, Chelsea. That that is huge. So he's breaking that and. Even though he was kind of bottling it, he was still probably overachieving. Like nobody, let's have a great squad, but nobody really. If they did get in the top four, it would be an over like overachievement over you know the traditional top four, like you know over United, City, Liverpool, um, yeah. uh, you know Spurs, one of them, Spurs, Arsenal. I mean, they are still. If they do break into it. Um, then they would be overachieving. So it's not like it's only bottling it because maybe he was overachieving up until that point, up until that yeah. final hurdle. He's been overachieving and then just can't make that final push. So and you say bottling it, but it's only through good work that he was actually in that position anyway. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I I, I do think. I am still worried for it. Like, I mean, you, you, you've got to think, going back to United last game of the season, it was literally, forget the entire, uh, forget the, the previous, like, 37 games. It all came down to um, to this final game. It was at the King Power. You expect Leicester to, well, it, we won 2-0 at the end, didn't we? Yeah, um, it was more that was, that was That was the, it, yeah. Yeah, I think Jesse Lingard scored right at the very end, didn't he? Yeah. Um, but that game was for for everything, um, and I think United were in not the best form going into that. Yeah, as well. I'm just going to look into it now. 
Um, yeah. Um, so yeah. that game was essentially another cup yeah, final. This really, is what, this is the thing I mean, though. Like we won two nil, right? Mm-hmm. One Bruno's goal was a penalty. Lingard scored yeah. the last kick of the game. Leicester had twice as many shots as us. Mm-hmm. If okay, you look at yeah. Leicester's lineup, they had Wes Morgan, Johnny Evans, who was sent off near the end, Mark Albrighton, Chowdhury, Luke Thomas playing left wing back, James Justin playing as a centre back, and Ian Atchell at the time who was poor up front. It's not yeah. a vintage Leicester team. Like if you no, look yeah, at United's right. team, even then, De Gea, Williams, Maguire, Lindelof, Wambisaka, Pogba, Matic, Rashford, Bruno, Greenwood, Martial. That Leicester yeah. team shouldn't be beating that United team. I think he mass- he's massively overachieved with Leicester for the yeah. past couple of years, really. I mean, it's only now that he's really building a really quality team mm-hmm. um, with great players in it, like bringing in like, to Pats and Dacker and people like that that even Liverpool and United were linked with. Um, yeah. So I do think that he overachieved with that Leicester team. It only looked so bad, as you say, because of the bottling aspect that they've spent more time in the top four in them seasons than United did. And Chelsea did last season when they squirmed, squirmed into it on the final day. Um, so I think if you take out the narrative of the bottling thing, then if you would have said Leicester bravely missed out on top four on the final day, you'd say what effort, what an effort it was, what a job Rodgers has done. Yeah, there's two be- narratives, isn't there? Yeah, obviously you're going to go with the narrative that actually happened that they kind of did bottle it. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the squad on paper, they did. I think they really overachieved. And in reality, if you look at the Premier League table even now, I'd argue this probably at least five teams with better squads than them and people are still expecting them to finish fourth. Even, yeah. you know, they've started poorly, but at the beginning of the season, you would, you'd would expect them to be pushing us, Liverpool, City and Chelsea, close to the top four. Yeah. And so, in terms of getting him out of out of contract mid-season, yeah. I'd understand if they were, they were, you know, around the top four spot, but you'd think he would probably... The fact that they are 12th and they've had a relatively poor start. Yeah. If Leicester do underachieve this season, that might be his chance gone. We might not be looking for him. Let's say yeah. Leicester end, end 12th this season. Where yeah, they are now, they stay sacked, exactly where. Yeah. yeah, he'll probably he'll probably get sacked. It, it, and if not, if he somehow manages to stay in the jobs, we're not going to be looking for him if, no, he, if he ends in 12th. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, this is his chance. So I, I, I do think, and he has had a history of going mid-season. I, yeah, I, I don't Celtic. think he wants to do it, but if it's like to... content, isn't it? If the job arrives, you take it. Yeah, but I, I think um, I don't. Obviously, it's not purely down to him, is it? Because United would still have to be willing to pay what Leicester need for him, and then Leicester will be need to be willing to let him go. And yeah. that's if he's got a clause in his contract. And most do, but he, he might not. So it all comes down to... It's like negotiating for a player at the end of the day. If United don't offer what Leicester want, then he's not going to go. I'm sure if United sacked Oli tomorrow and paid his release clause, then he'd probably go, but there's a lot more that needs to happen before that. Yeah. Yeah, it is difficult. Um, but yeah, yeah it's, it's in a summary... Premier League team as well. So Sorry, it's hard to get a manager from a kind of rival as well, isn't it? So. Oh, uh, yeah. Although <laughs> we... Well, you, are, you do really. have to overpay. Well, we, but yeah, I mean, if we, we look at it, the season before last, we finished above and by a point. You know, last season, yeah. they only finished a couple of places below us. And now there's, what, um, two points between us in the league? So they're more of a rival than us at the minute than fucking Liverpool and City, yeah? Yeah, that's, yeah, it's true, yeah. Mm. I mean, yeah, the, the, our position in the table, just because of our goal differences, uh, is a lot... 
is is almost like a false position. Sixth, and like you say, t- just two points separates us from from double that in twelve. Yeah, um, which is yeah pretty pretty horrendous. Um, but yeah, I, we'll, we'll move on to uh, another candidate which I, I, I'm not going to be able to talk much about, so it's a good job we talked for quite a while about on Brendan Rogers. <laughs> uh, Ralph Rangnick, um, obviously, he is currently in uh, Russia, isn't he? It's He's locomotive Russia- Mos- Moscow, yeah. head of sports development or something yeah. like that. But he's, he's most well-known uh, for his work at RB Leipzig, yeah. Uh, both as uh, a, a manager first, and then I think he moved upstairs. Yeah, I think more there. as a yeah. It's, it's, I think he's no more in the world of football as a kind of director. To be fair, yeah. Um, so it, I think there's been Klopp that's been singing his praises, or I've seen different. I think that was an old video. Yeah, it is. Yeah, he hasn't been Recent-ish. doing it recently, but um, but yeah, he has. Well, Klopp has come out. You know, people have dug up footage of Klopp saying uh, that how good of a, a of a coach he is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on kind of even if it's just like getting him in as like a, an interim? I honestly I hadn't heard of him until he got linked with the United job. Really? Um, well, I, I'd heard, I know that the RB Leipzig director of football had yeah. been. Uh, you know, was obviously if. I, without knowing him by name, I know the good job that he did. Yeah, you've heard through of RB Leipzig. Yeah, yeah. Um, name to the face. Kind yeah, um, but yeah, what? How would you feel uh, about him taking over as maybe uh, on an interim basis or even even full time? Yeah, but give me your thoughts on on him as a potential um, United candidate. So yeah, with with Ranić, I think he plays a good style of football at his teams. Um, I think the likes of Klopp have, have admitted that they moulded what they play off them. Um, in that interview or some reading I did, I can't remember about it, they men- he mentioned Klopp that when he was managing Mainz, he got beat 4-5-1 by Ranić's Hoffenheim team like 15 years ago. And he looked at them and said, right, this is how we're going to play. We're going to play like them. So, you know, that that's high praise, obviously. Um, just, it, yeah, and he's, he's, done, he's done well at most places he's been. Obviously... A bit of a reservation is he hasn't really managed a team for any elongated level like length of time since about 2011 when he left Hoffenheim. More at Leipzig is managing, but more just to fill in between managers because he was a sports director and then obviously he knows that role, so he kind of drops down into that. Um, but I think he's got a good idea of football. He plays a similar style of clock with the gig and pressing. He said that he hates sideways and backwards passes. Thinks the goalkeeper should have the least amount of touches in the whole game and from the whole team. So he's a very progressive manager. Um, so I'm not going to act like I've seen his Leipzig sides play loads, but I've heard good things about him, read good things about him, and seen good interviews from him. So I think it'd definitely be a decent option, and it seems like he'd be willing to take the job on an interim basis, which is possibly what we need. Um, but then I think he would like to move up into the the boardroom and be a football director, which is fair enough, and I think would be a great thing for us. But ultimately, the club aren't going to let that happen because they don't want to relinquish control to someone else who knows better than them unfortunately um so i think it'd be a great option if we were looking at getting an interim in but from the stuff we've heard and whispers we've heard so far we aren't looking to do that they're either waiting until the right man comes up or keeping ollie basically so it doesn't look like he's going to get much of a chance to manage united because obviously if we get to the end of the season and sack ollie there's going to be a lot of more managers available that the club would prefer um but yeah he's well he's definitely well qualified for an interim role he's used to coming into a club for a little bit of time and steady in the ship 
and he plays decent football. And I think if um, I've seen the obviously the fantasy that we get him in, move him upstairs and get Ten Hagen in the summer, I think that'd be great because they both play kind of similar football and have similar ideas and probably could work well together. Um, yeah. So I think that'd be the ideal situation for me, but I just don't think it'll happen. Yeah, because it makes um, too much yeah. sense. Yeah, I can't see it happening either. And like you say, I'd probably be more excited about him moving upstairs than coming in, him actually as taking a, manager. a managerial position, yeah. to be honest. Uh, he is obviously 63 years old, I believe. So, I mean, that is very old for for, for yeah. a manager, isn't it? Um, I don't think he's a manager until he was 72. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, but um, come on, he's 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 different, isn't it? How old yeah. was Wenger when he when he... I think he was early seventies, similar was 71, 72, uh, 73. Um, yeah, and yeah, I guess it's not a short term. No, it's not like he's it's not like he's Roy Hodgson. He's getting on for eighty. Is it? Yeah, he's yeah. Still, he could still manage at the top level for seven or eight years. Yeah, yeah. It's probably not not that much of an issue. Um, if you look at David Moyes, I think he's sixty. Oh, Jesus, Rafa, yeah. Rafa Benitez is um, sixty-one. You don't think of him as an old manager, oh, really. Yeah, he looks- yeah, he looks decent for his age. Yeah, because he's not English and had to live in fucking <laughs> Liverpool and Manchester all his life like David Moyes has. Poor bastard. Um, um, also, also, I think um, one thing you can say about him is he hasn't really won a great deal in his career. No. Uh, I think he's won one German Cup. That's that's literally it. Mm. Um, but then again, he hasn't really managed the teams to to allow him to, to do that. I mean, mm-hmm. Dortmund... Um, <laughs> Probably the best, um, but yeah. Did they manage I think, Dortmund, uh, I think so. I think I just read that. Did he? Uh, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. Right. Who did win the German Cup with Schalke? I've, I'm gonna say I'm not gonna pretend that I know, bro. I've no idea. DFB Pokal with Schalke 04. Yeah. Yeah. Which is yeah, it's decent in it, but it's not like he's won the league. Yeah, and uh, I mean, all the managers that we talked about, both Rogers and uh, Rangnick, it's. They are managers that have probably they've done well at their clubs, probably overachieved at their clubs, but there haven't mm-hmm. been managers that have kind of took an elite club to the next level to win titles. And I think that is more. I know there's not many of them out yeah. there. We've we've missed the we've missed the boat on one of them in Conte, but that is more what I want United yeah. to be looking at. And Gary Neville's. Suggestion that oh we've tried that and it's failed with with Van Gaal and Mourinho. I don't think that's a reason to not. No, it's it's a pointless debate that because yeah. you can sign top players every season. If one doesn't succeed, you're not going to never sign a, a top player again. Exactly. You're not just going to yeah. go oh well, we signed Varane for instance. We signed Varane that didn't work and we signed Di Maria four years ago and Falcao that didn't work. So now we're just going to sign eighteen year olds who've got no experience. Yeah. Which Sunday is what we did with Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. PE teacher. <laughs> These shooters yeah. from the local school, um, but yeah, it's it's just a pointless argument that. But then Gary Neville's very quick to backtrack on it, and then I go, I didn't say it's not going to work. I didn't say it wouldn't work, but I'm just saying it makes no sense. But what it's just, it's literally you must sit there at night with a little notebook out, thinking of every reason to back his mate, like pulling yeah, up anything yeah. he can that can't that he thinks is bulletproof, and that must just be his latest thing that he, shit that he comes out with. And I love Gary Neville, and he was one of my actual favourite players because of the passion he showed for the club when I watched him when I was younger. But mm-hmm. he's very quickly um, becoming out of favour with United fans, which he has to be careful about because it's fine defending the manager, but doing it so blindly is just it's just bizarre. But yeah, I suppose that's not what we were talking about. But just because you've not appointed a top manager before, you've appointed one top manager in the past six or seven years, 
and it didn't work doesn't mean you shouldn't do it again. Look at Chelsea. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and let's be honest, Van Gaal came to United after leaving the Netherlands job after being sacked by Bayern. Um, and Mourinho came to United after finishing 10th for Chelsea and getting sacked by them. So it's not like we've brought in any manager at the top of his game ever. Yeah, it's not like we true. brought in Conte after winning the league with Inter and it didn't work, or we brought in you know Pep after winning the winning the league with Barca and Bayern Munich and it didn't work. We're bringing in top names that were out of stock at the time, and that's why they were so easy to get because he couldn't do any better. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I just wish there was one of those managers available, and yeah. it's just I, there's no point crying about it now. But you know, Conte would have been. Would have been perfect. I know I said I didn't want Conte, but kind of looking after I can't have him. It's yeah, like, you want what you can't have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, shall we? Shall we turn our attention now to uh, internationals? You know. Yeah, if you want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the it, there's obviously it, we'll, we'll we'll talk about it from a Man United perspective first and foremost. So. Yeah. Um, uh, it's it's, it's going to be negative again um, <laughs> because there's nothing there's what nothing positive there? to talk about United at the moment. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about the players that used to be internationals mm-hmm. and are now aren't. So I mean, the the most the two probably most high profile players that have been left out of their uh, international team that spring to mind. I don't know if Martial has been called up or not. I can let you know, honest. but I don't think he has. Yeah. Okay. So we'll, we'll add Martial to the list. Um, and Tellez has not only Fred's gone from the, um, United Brazilian players mm-hmm. and Donny van der Beek as well, which, you know, very important part of that Dutch squad. And um, now also not getting, Martial's called up, so. not gone now. yeah, Martial. So, I mean, there, there's three players there that, um, they're obviously, they're going to be really un- unhappy with not getting called up. Um, that mm. thought that going to Manchester United, well, maybe not Martial. Was a I wouldn't, I wouldn't put Martial in that conversation for me. Yeah, yeah. But uh, tell, well, tell us in Van der Beek, like, they thought going to United was like a step up in their career. Um, it would actually help them get cemented into that. Um, into the their national squad, and obviously Tellers is is fighting with with Lodi as well from uh, yeah. Atletico, a very good player. Uh, but yeah, you know, I imagine when Tellers is moving, he's thinking, okay, this this could help me uh, cement my like position as that you know that Brazilian left back. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, what are your what are your thoughts on kind of the players that have missed out and uh, is. United, it can be a graveyard for some for some players. Obviously, after after they move from United, they can do well, but yeah. it can be it can't always be the best decision to go to United for some players, and that is, certainly has been the case for for Donny. I'm not sure about Tellez, but certainly for Donny. But yeah, what's your uh, what are your thoughts on that? Um, well, it's sad, isn't it? Especially with Donny because he's probably Netherlands's best player a couple of years ago. To, so to see. How far out of favour his fallen is bad, but obviously we have to take into account that the Netherlands manager is a former Man United manager who was sat by by the club as well, and um, he's not, you know, he's not scared of putting leaving people out of teams and squads if they're not performing and aren't playing. Whereas I think Komen in the past and people that were managing managing Holland, De Boer was it, would have still called him up. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, there's not even that much to talk about for me. If you're not playing for your club team, you should be called up. It's as simple as that. And the reasons for that are different for every player, I think. 
with Tejas, I don't think he was promised first team football when he came to United. I think he was told he'd probably battle Luke Shaw, and Luke Shaw mm-hmm. kicked on because of that, so he can't really have too many complaints. Um, Donny, obviously, I think more is the more serious and sad one because just because of his standing in that Holland team before he came to United and how important he was, and to see where he's at now is just sad. Um, and probably through what we hear, no fault of his own. So, yeah. Yeah. And obviously with Martial, I, I don't think I'm not even going to get into that because he's not deserved to be in that France squad when he's been playing for United. Never mind when he's not. Yeah, so, yeah I mean that's... the only thing that I would kind of add to that yeah. is I do wonder what these players are being told when they get signed or what they get told when they do a contract extension mm. because you've seen stuff like I know this isn't necessarily relevant to international being called up to international, but you've seen stuff like. Juan Mata's unhappy that he's had a lack of game time. It's like I've not when seen he con- that, but when he, when he signed a contract extension, it's like, mate, what you what were you expecting? Well, unless they're like, telling him he's going to play, surely exactly. Not. That's what I'm saying. Like he signed a new contract, and then it's come out that he's he's unhappy about the the lack of game time. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, he was never if if he start if you see him when I see him on the bench. I mean, he's been a great player for us in the past, obviously a, a legend of the Premier League. Mm. But when I see him on the bench, I think, oh, mate, he's taken up a spot for like a Yeah, he should be a, a coach, really, shouldn't he? Exactly, yeah. Um, and it's the same with Eric Bailly as well. You know, yeah. signed a, the... the it, yeah, he did sign an extension fair, relatively recently, didn't he? Um, yeah, but yeah, for some reason. It, yeah, exactly. And it's... It, he's like... I don't know what he's getting told to, 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 to sign that. Is it just because he's on decent enough wages and he think they'll drop down or is he getting told, you know, yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna be fighting for first team places. I can see you being a being a prominent figure. I'm gonna get you in you know, loads of games or, or what I don't know what they're getting told to sign these extensions and I don't know know what players are getting told when they when they sign for Well the they probably get told uh, that, that if you well. play well you'll be in the team but if you don't play like I said the only one I feel bad for is Bay. Uh, sorry not Bay. is Van der Beek because Bay isn't good enough whenever he plays Tejas is kick sure on and sure has been a better player than Tejas um, and then Bay. yeah I just I don't get it why they'd feel hard done by because if you're not playing well enough you're not going to get a chance and if you get a chance and don't take it, then you need to work on yourself and not just blame the manager in the club. Um, but yeah, with Matter, I'm sure that's probably just media bollocks because of all the mess that's going on at United at the minute. I'm sure he's really quite content with sitting on the bench because he did that all the last season and still signed a contract extension. So he could have yeah. gone somewhere else if he wanted to because I'm sure he had offers. Yeah, that's probably too just media. Absolute shite, as, yeah. as always. Um, now we'll, we'll switch our attention to the England team, shall we? Yeah. Uh, we are English born and bred, so... Uh... <laughs> it's not like your fucking but... Brexiteer. <laughs> yeah. English born and bred, <laughs> baptised with Carlin. <laughs> so um, there are obviously... There are... what Maguire and Luke Shaw has been called up, so only two yeah. England players, which obviously leaves... Uh, Sancho and Greenwood and Phil Jones not being called up. Um, <laughs> no, Dean Henderson as well not being called up. So enough, um, yeah, yeah um, that's that's another one. So, but I mean the the, the two. I mean Dean Henderson, I can't e- have expected really he hasn't no, played for United mental, this season, and he's been injured, yeah. hasn't he? Up until fairly. Yeah, recently. he had co- long COVID, isn't he? he was yeah. the effects of long COVID. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Sancho and Greenwood in particular. So kind of. Give me your thoughts on their exclusion from the the squad and um, 
yeah, the kind of the England squad in general, where do you think Sancho or Greenwood could have fit in if you think they should have been included? Um, well, I think with with Greenwood, it sounds like him, Solskjaer and Southgate have had this conversation and agreed together to leave him out of the squad. And I think that's Greenwood's decision, I think it sounds like, from, from Solskjaer and Southgate. So I'm sure they wouldn't be lying about that. So that's fine for me. That, that's all there is to say about that one. Um, with Sancho, it's similar to the Donny thing. It's sad because he's not getting game time. Um, and obviously when England have got the wealth of attacking talent they have, you can't have players in that aren't playing. Um, maybe in years gone by, a couple of years ago, you know, around 2016 when we are still playing like a finish, Wayne Rooney and Daniel Sturridge, then he probably would have still got in the squad. But nowadays with the competition we have with like Rashford, Smith, Rowe, Saka... Foden, Greenwood, obviously, when he wants to play, Mountain, etc. You could go on for days, Gallagher, there's so many. Um, yeah. that you, you can't expect to be getting in the squad if you're not playing. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm, I'm not surprised by it. I think it's a, an indictment of where he is and where United are right at the minute, and it's sad that we've brought this all singing, all dancing, best English young English winger going into the club and is been reduced to someone who's having to try and play at right wing back in training and not getting any game time and being lambasted in the media for being a flop and I actually do feel sorry for him because it, he's probably thinking I would have been fucking better waiting another year and staying at Dortmund because where's this getting me um, Yeah, but yeah obviously that's just a, just an indictment of where United and, and Sancho are at the minute really yeah I think uh, in Sancho is the, the weirdest one for me because you can say you can say about um, about Manchester United form. Yeah, okay, hasn't been great. But there are players that are getting picked kind of on their England form and what they've done in the past with England, not yeah. necessarily on their club form there. Yeah. And Sancho, when in the last England game, looked like two assisted, he not and looked really good. Yeah, like was in, it against Andorra. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, well. We're against no, I'm not, Albania I'm, I'm, and yeah, yeah, no, Zambino, I'm not saying. Yeah. I was genuinely wondering when because he played in the easier of the two, didn't he? Yeah, on paper. So I mean, it's a, it's a weird situation. Like I think Gareth Southgate has said in the past that it was on, it was on form that that that, that he picked his players, but then yeah. he's kind of he's <coughs> it just on, isn't, is it? Yeah, is it? <laughs> no, and then he's gone on like a uh, kind of. <laughs> How well players have played for him in the past in loyalty as a as a as a poster form. Like, let's be honest, and it, it you can pick it for these two games. I know Albania. I think they are second, aren't they? In the, yeah, Albania but, isn't. A, is it away or at home? You'll know because you're doing watch alongs. You know, mate. I don't know now. Right. Well, if it's away, it's a tough game, and at home, it's a tough. It's not. A, it's not a guaranteed win if we're playing Albania away. If you don't However, turn up, you could easily draw. But look, look at what the table looks like. How many points are we ahead of second? It's 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 uh, silly. I'm getting it. it we're, we're not gonna. I think we've had. Albania one... a third actually. We're only three points ahead of Poland. Mm, okay. So we're not get. We're, we're still not qualified. If we lose to Albania and Poland win, we'll be just, level with just them on the, points. You would imagine we're a goal, goal difference. difference. Just possibly. It's only a okay. better by four. So it's, it's it's not done. I don't think. Is it a way? Did you say? Um, I've not looked. Yeah, I'm trying to find um, it now. But yeah, I, I I do think. No, it's at Wembley. Okay, I do think you could. Let's say that was that was any other uh, team other than Albania. It was a bit further down. Yeah. You could, uh, which, I'll just take the opportunity to take youth. Like, 
uh, or players that are, have the perspective that or the potential to be um, England players, like in the in the future, like that are clearly upcoming, and you know, in starting them as well, like starting Bellingham, um, and to take players like Connor Cody, who you know is not, they're never going to make it as an England player in the starting eleven. They're no. never going to make it. It's no. silly. It's almost a waste of a. I mean, you got Tamori as well. I mean, we haven't mentioned him. I mean, unbelievable. Aren't AC Milan top of Syria? Uh, them or Napoli, yeah. I think they were level on points up until last weekend. Yeah, so yeah, joint joint top of, of Syria, AC Milan. Tamori's yeah. doing fantastic. Tamori got called up for the last squad. Yeah, like, and I now he's been it. dropped. It, it, it no, makes for what reason? It's yeah. so it's so odd. I mean, we could go for it. Like, I'm just gonna go for it quickly. Um, yeah. So Johnston Pickford Ramsdale, fair enough. He's picked Ramsdale on form, which doesn't go with the rest of the squad. Um, Trent mm-hmm. fine, Chilwell fine, Cody just no, just absolutely yeah. no. His Wolves have been pretty poor defensively this season. He's yeah. never going to be a top player. He's a very average footballer. Reese James yes, Maguire and Shaw obviously haven't been on form, but I think they're established internationals like we said. So mm-hmm. I can kind of let that one slide. The same with the likes of Sterling and Kane. But Tyrone fucking Mings, I'm not having. I'm sorry, I'm not having it. He shouldn't have gone to the. He shouldn't have gone to the Euros. He shouldn't be in any squads. He's not good enough to play for Aston Villa at the minute. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Sure. It's, it's that, and he's a club captain, I think, which says a lot that Dean Smith dropped him. I know he's been sacked since, yeah. and he might come back into the team. But he showed so you. Go on. Sorry, are we are we both in agreement that Ben White and Tamori? I think Ben White and Tamori. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm not the biggest Ben White fan, and I think a lot of Arsenal fans are overrating him. But he's been really good in the last few weeks, and you should yeah. pick players based on form. And like we've said, if you pick Tamori and Ben White, they are unless they you know stop playing football or go off a cliff, which they're probably not going to, they're going to be in England squads for the next ten years. So why not just yeah. have them in there and get them the experience, like you're doing with Bellingham, like you will be doing with Greenwood if he's if he's if he did go. Um, mm-hmm. The midfield's fine. That's what we expect. Other than James Ward-Prowse, I don't really get. Um, Southampton have been dog shit this season. Um, he never really plays, does he? He's only ever going to play in the dead rubbers. So I'd much rather call up someone like Gallagher, who's been in a great run of form, who's probably also going to be in squads for years to come. Um, and then with the striking options, Abraham I like because he's been in good form for Rome and I think he's a good option to have in there. Um, Foden, Grealish. Again, Grealish has been on poor form. Kane again. And the rest are fair enough. But if you look at it, Sterling's, really... Sterling's yeah. been poor. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's barely started any games. For no, exactly. Season. I'd let as a, again. I'd let that slide because he's been important for us recently. Yeah, but yeah. if you look at it, Sterling's out of form. Kane's out of form. Grealish is out of form. Ward Prowse is out of form. Phillips has been injured for most of the season. Has only played the last few games. Mm-hmm. Um, Stones hasn't really played for City until Laporte got sent off all season at all. Shaw's out of form. Mings is out of form. Maguire's out of form. Cody's out of form. So that's ten players in that squad that have had shocking seasons. So we're lucky it's qualifiers and not a Euros because taking that many players that are definitely going to feature in your team that are out of form is a big risk. And I think yeah. you should cut, you should make a, you know, cut in between having informed players and having your favourites. And it, But it isn't that, it's just his favourites. I think you could have, mm-hmm. still have a good mix of youth and people who are on form and then, you know, your favourites that you're having every, every time. Yeah. To play devil's advocate here, yeah, um, what do you think to... You obviously got a game against Albania, which, okay, could be fairly tough, maybe. I think um, we're tough you've you, you got, you've got, Yeah, you've got San Marino after that. 
what a game to uh, to bring the players' confidence up. Some of these poor players that are having a uh, difficult yeah, true, seasons, true. then to to smash a team like San Marino ten uh, nil or whatever it will be, probably about six in between six to ten, you would imagine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you 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 could look at it from that perspective, but then again. It's, you know, what's if, the point if I... in doing that? It's, it's not the England manager's job to try and play people into form for the club sides because it's yeah. not got enough time to work with them. And if say say Sterling and Abraham or Sterling and I don't know um, Phillips and and Mings play against um, San Marino and have a banging performance and win nine nil, they're going back to the club then and then they're going to be called up again for England in two or three months or whenever it is. So it makes a sh- yeah. no shot of difference for Southgate. Southgate should just pick the best squad available to him at the time because that's when he's using it. And to be honest, if I had a kickabout with like some kids at the park and was like scoring tons of goals, I wouldn't be like I'm I'm quality. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't think it. it yeah, it's like they, I mean, it's like Har- it work, Harry anyway. Kane's banging them in in the Conference League for for Spurs, but that that confidence hasn't transpired transferred over to the Premier League because yeah, yeah, it's, it's a completely different opposition. Yeah, and in in your head deep down, you know that playing, you know. San Marino and then going and playing for your club team against Liverpool in the next week is completely different, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, to kind of summarise the changes that we would make, what change would you make in terms of... So we've identified players that we're probably not too happy with uh, Yeah. With with being in there. Probably, you know, James Ward-Prowse, yeah, for Gallagher, I think you said. Yeah. So what... The the front line. I'd make four or five have, changes. Yeah. So the front line in terms of the the forward line is yeah. there anyone on form that's English that you would that you're so, bring in? I'm trying to think. The the front line I'd have is I'd, I'd take four strikers out and out strikers in my opinion, mm. and there'd be Kane obviously Calvert Lewin but he's not fit so that's fair. Greenwood who we know doesn't want to play in Abraham. So, in my opinion, there's not there's not many issues there. Um, it's yeah. more with yeah, my main issues with Gallagher not getting a call up because he's been amazing this season and he should be in there over some players that aren't haven't been. Yeah. Um, and then Tamori and White really because you can see the drop off when Mings and Cody play as opposed to Maguire and Stones. It is massive, and they've not been trusted by Southgate in big games. Um, so that says a lot. So they're they're my main my main issues to be honest. Um, and it's weird me coming I on here and. That. Defending ex Chelsea and, and an Arsenal player, but, yeah. Apart what? from that, I had Smith Rowe in there, but obviously, as we know, he's been called up because of injury yeah, yeah. for Rashford. Um, and yeah, to be honest, I, I made a squad and I didn't put Grealish in it at the minute because I don't think he deserves to be in there either because he's not done it for England nor is he doing it for Man City. So I put Smith Rowe in over over Grealish. Yeah, and what I'd what what I don't understand is in terms of form and getting picked on form, it it almost doesn't matter. Of the age, like the fact that Gallagher's not not getting picked, the fact that you know some of these young lads like Greenwood, okay, there might be some something going off there, but mm. they're not getting picked. The fact that you know, I think Bellingham didn't get picked for the last one, which it was, yeah, crazy. He didn't, yeah, um, like yet there are players like on the last legs, or well, not on the last legs, the players that are in good form. Like in the past, we've seen like Callum Wilson get called up. It's like, come on. Yeah. Like I, I get if you're in good form, like fair enough. But it seems like everyone's at the same level. If I see a youngster in good form, 
I would be like, okay, let's bring him in. He could be, uh, he could come into the squad and be like a, a you know, a staple of the squad in many years. The squad or is going to be involved in in in, uh, in England squads in many years to come. Yeah. Yet it's almost like a, it's like a token gesture. Like, oh, we, here's your one England cap. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's been, it's been like that a lot, hasn't it, with the Euros, like taking Ward Prowse and shit. And it's happened yeah. with other managers. Like, I remember story from Ben Foster where Roy Hodgson played him for the last World Cup qualifier because we're already out of the group. Stuff like that. Yeah. You shouldn't be doing that. It should just be... Re- as much as I love Ben Foster and he seems like a really good guy, you should be just taking players that are going to win things. It's not a fucking charity. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I, I think so. I think we've we've covered all the all the topics. We um, have. I don't think was there any questions in the Discord? no, there isn't. I've looked. Yeah, we didn't okay. touch on Farker's sacking, but I suppose. Do you want I, to? Um, to be expected, isn't it? We'll talk, we can talk talk about. Yeah, it. we've been recording for a long time. We don't want to keep people for too long. We spoke about enough already. I think so. Yeah, I suppose we could talk about that next week and drop that in because all that's going to happen between now and next week is probably England games. So. We're going to be yeah. struggling for stuff to talk about anyway. Yeah, so the, so next time that we speak to you, it will be hopefully well, we'll be building week, up for the for Watford game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. building up for the week. Watford game. We won't have. Um, will we have if we record Wednesday night? And maybe there will have be two England games. Certainly, there will be the Albania game. Uh, uh, I, I do. I can, I can let you know, Dick. Go on. Yeah. Um, certainly there'll be the Albania game so we'll have that to t- talk about I mean there's yeah, not going to be, be many points <laughs> yeah. San Marino's on Monday anyway so yeah Friday and Monday oh okay so there's like yeah, a Friday, gap Monday, from Monday to Saturday for the, for the games yeah it's so weird, we'll have that, two games it's a quick turnaround yeah, they usually weird. play it like Friday Wednesday or some Saturday Tuesday yeah. or something yeah, yeah. oh well um, so we'll have me. two games to talk about with England. I mean, again, I, you would imagine it'll be the walk in the park, but who knows? In fact, we have more to talk about if there's an upset, which <laughs> not yeah. wouldn't be great for for us, but at least it'll give us more, something more to talk about. Obviously, got the build up to the the Watford game as well, and also, who knows what the situation at United's going to be? It'll be we'll the same. Still be in let's the job. be honest. It'll Shh, be the same. Don't the entertainment, the anticipation. Come on. Mm. Shush. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Yeah, I'm sure, it'll all be changing next week, guys. Make sure you come back to listen to that. <laughs> yeah, and don't listen yeah. to any news as well. Get your news from here to just build the anticipation. Yeah, don't listen. Don't look at any other social media. <laughs> just keep. Don't even look on Twitter or TikTok to know when we're posting it. Just keep checking every day. <laughs> yeah. That's what true fans. Yeah, keep do. refreshing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, we will probably see you. We'll upload. You know. Wednesday, Thursday time again. Yeah, about week. about a week. Yeah, why why not? Yeah. Should we just say Thursday? We'll be similar yeah, recording Thursday. time. Thursday upload. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Stay tuned. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. Yep. Yeah, so we'll see uh, you guys then. See Ciao. you later. Bye.